Good morning, everybody. It is such a privilege to be here this morning again. And uh, what a wonderful time um, it is, starting 2021, uh, the first service of 2021. And it's quite amazing. Uh, if we think about a few days ago, it was still 2020, and, and 2020 is, has almost become a swear word to all of us. And we trust and we believe that our Father will be with us and that He will guide us through this year, through 2021, just as He guided us through the previous year, through 2020. But before we start, let us just bow our hearts in prayer. Abba Father, we thank you that we can be together this morning. And even though that we can't be here physically, Father, we are still here in spirit. And we are still following this message this morning, Abba Father, on, uh, on the internet as a live stream. And I want to thank you, Abba Father, for the privilege that we have to be able to do this. And therefore, I want to ask you that you will open our minds to receive your word, that you will open our hearts with your love. And I ask you, Abba Father, that you will guide us through your Holy Spirit. And even when we're here this morning, and we're doing this over technology, I ask you that you will be with us, because your word says, where we are gathered in your name, there you will be. And that word does not say that we have to be gathered in one specific place, but we are gathered together over technology, over the internet this morning, to listen to your word. I ask you that you will protect us, and we honor you and we praise you in the mighty name of Yeshua, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, before we start, I just want to mention something. Um, the scriptures that I'm using this morning comes from the King James Version, and then it calls itself the Easy Read Version of the King James. Um, it is also called, uh, called the Sword Study Bible, and, and it's really a very nice Bible because the only thing that it did, it took the King James Bible, and where the these and the thous are, um, it has just changed that with use and better words to, to understand the King James better, I really I really like this Bible, so um, it is called the King James Version ER, and uh, this, the Sword Study Bible. So I will be using Scripture from that Bible this morning. Now, the theme for this morning is making the word powerless. And, and I'm not going to try and teach you how to make the word powerless this morning. I actually want to talk to you about how we make the word powerless and, and what we need to stop doing um, making the word powerless. And, and if we look at, at what happened recently um, with the latest lock, uh, level three lockdown, all religious gatherings have been suspended, but that will definitely not stop us from delivering our Father's message. And just thinking about it, this is probably one of the ways that the enemy is trying to use to render the word of our Father powerless, but he will definitely not succeed because we will not allow um, the lockdown to stop us from, from preaching the word and delivering the word. You see, what our Father has done is, is He has placed, He has written His word into our hearts and into our minds, and therefore His word will remain within us. And therefore, regardless of what they are trying to do through the lockdown, we will still live the living word of our Father. And that is why we read in Hebrews 6, 10 verse 16, it says, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. 
So our Father has already written His Word into our hearts. The moment you and I become believers, the moment you and I start studying the Word of our Father, He is placing His Word into our hearts. He's writing it into our DNA. It is becoming part of who we are as believers. It is part of who we become as Christians. Because the only thing that we've got is our Father's Word. That is what He's given us so that we can live by His Word. So if our Father has written His Torah into our hearts and our minds, why is it that we find it so difficult to live within the power of the Word? Why is it so difficult for us to live the Word? You know, the, the Word says, the Bible says to us that um, all things are possible through Him through Christ that, that gives us the power and that gives us the authority to do these things. So if He's giving us the power and if he's, He is giving us the authority, why do Christians find it so difficult to live in the power and in the authority of our Father's Word? And why did Yeshua, when, when He spoke to the Sadducees, you know, and we must remember these Sadducees, they were part of the religious leaders of the time. And when he was speaking to the Sadducees, he was telling them that they were actually denying the power of Abba Father. Now, what happened in that, if you go and read that, that portion of the Bible, it, it, it actually tells us that they were asking Yeshua, who would be a certain woman's husband in heaven if she had married seven husbands on earth? And that sounds quite weird. It, it sounds like a very weird question because they start telling them, you know, this specific lady married a guy and he passed away and then she married his brother and he passed away and she married his brother and he had seven bro or six brothers and there were seven of them and she had married all of them and all of them had died. So when they go to heaven, who's going to be her husband? Because she married seven different men here on earth. And, and what they are trying to ask him is actually something that is stated in Deuteronomy 25, verse 5 to 10. And if we read that, it talks about a thing that is called the kinsman redeemer. And, and what is explained there is that, is that when somebody marries a woman and, and they don't have children and he passes away before they have children, then his brother needs to, has to marry her. And the first child that is born from that marriage then carries the name of the brother that has passed away so that his name can be carried forth because it was so important to have children, to, have, to, to, to ensure that your, that your family lives on. And that is the whole process of this kinsman redeemer. And then the other thing that happened is, is the Sadducees, if you, if you go and you study the word, you will see that the Sadducees, different from the Pharisees, the Sadducees did not believe in the afterlife. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. And therefore they asked this question, and it is quite a tricky question, because Yeshua knew that they didn't believe in the resurrection. Yeshua knew that they didn't believe that we will be in heaven together um, at some point in time. But yet the question, and it was actually a trick question, but before Yeshua answered them, he first made the following statement, and we see the statement in Matthew 22, verse 29. Jesus answered and said to them, you do err. And that word actually means, if you go and look at the, at the full definition of the word err, he says, you are wrong, not knowing or not understanding the Scriptures nor the power of God. And, and in this scenario, he was talking about the power of God 
that would, that would be able to resurrect us from the dead. And that's what the Word tells us, that we will be resurrected. But you see, this has also a deeper meaning. Because in our own belief systems that we have, we make the Word of God powerless in our lives. And Yeshua was telling these men that they were deceived by their impure belief system. And through their interpret interpretation of the Word, which obviously enabled their belief system, they missed the knowledge of the Word and the power of God being reflected through His Word. And this is such an important thing. Because sometimes what we do is we have a certain belief system and then we take the Word of our Father and we interpret it in a way that satisfies our belief system. And that is exactly what these Sadducees did. That is exactly what is still happening today. Is that we have a certain belief system and, and, and we want to defend our belief system. So we take the word of our Father, even if it doesn't say, the, say that that is true or that that is right, we actually say that, but we interpret it in a different way. And these guys, these Sadducees, through their interpretation of the word, they got it wrong. So these two things that is mentioned here were the key ingredients of their deception and their error. They did not have a true knowledge or right understanding of the Scriptures. And because of that, they did not recognize the power of Abba Father to accomplish the seemingly impossible. Because to them, it was impossible to be resurrected after you pass away, after you die. So what are these two things? True knowledge of the Word, right understanding of the Word. And that is what they denied. And unless we as believers understand and, and have knowledge of the true Word and the power of God, we will also be deceived by the opinions or the interpretations of men. There's a beautiful scripture, Psalm 107 verse 19 to 20. And it says, Then they cry unto Yahweh in their trouble, and He saves them out of their distresses. And listen to what he says here in verse 20. He says, He sent His word. Th this is so important. What did our Father do? He sent His word. And this is a reflection of Yeshua coming to earth because He sent Yeshua. He sent His word. He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their distractions. When we look at this word, it is the same word that our Father used to speak creation into existence. It is the same word that became flesh and came and dwelt among us. Remember what, what John said in John 1 verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And when he says, and the word became flesh, our Father sent his word. He sent his son. He sent Yeshua to the earth. So he sent his word so that you and I can see his word. It is the same word that holds the power of our Father to accomplish His true and faithful will here on the earth. And therefore, we cannot separate the word of God from the power of God because in this, what we have seen here, it is the same thing. The word of God is the power of God because when He spoke the creation into being, He said it and it happened. That is the word and the power of our Father. And that is why Yeshua told the Sadducees that they did not understand the word nor the power that is represented through 
the word of Abba Father. They relied on their own doctrine. They relied on their own interpretation of the word, which, which led them to be wrong about the word and the power of Abba Father, the power of God. And therefore what they did is they made the word powerless in their own lives. Last week, I did a message on Christmas. And I was asking them a question that I asked, Christmas, is it holy or is it heathen? Is it holy or is it pagan? And I had a discussion with somebody relating to that message last week that I did. And the person told me that my teaching about it was just my interpretation and that there are other interpretations. Or that it was only my opinion and that there are other opinions. You see, unfortunately, it is a matter of opinion. Man's opinion versus the truth of Abba Father's Word. And my opinion will render the Word of God powerless. And therefore, I cannot preach my opinion. I can only speak the truth of Abba Father's Word. Because the moment that we speak opinion, the moment that we speak interpretation or our own interpretation of the word, then, it, then it, uh, we make the word of our Father powerless. 2 Peter 1 verse 20 to 21 says, knowing this first, and I want you to listen really carefully about what Peter is saying here. He says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. And, and it's very important that we see this word private interpretation. That means my own, my own interpretation. It's not your interpretation of the word. Listen what he says in verse 21. He says, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And Peter is saying that no prophecy or, or any part of the written word of Abba Father can be interpreted of itself or can be interpreted by man. And we have always said that the word interprets or explains or reveals the word. So if you want to understand something in the word, you carry on and you read the word because the word will explain the word. The word will reveal the word. The word will interpret the word. We cannot do that as human beings. We cannot do that as man because we will definitely have the wrong opinion of what we read because what we read into something is what we actually want to see and want to read into what we are busy with. You see, the word can only be understood when comparing it to the word and not through the opinions of man. And it is important that we have knowledge and understanding of the truth of the Word of God. And what is Peter saying? Peter is saying that the prophets, and obviously the writers of the Word, everybody, the, all the books of the Bible, all 66 books that we have in this, in this book. So the prophets and the writers of the Word did not reveal their own opinions or their own interpretation. But what they did is they reflected the inspiration that the Holy Spirit imparted onto them. They only wrote or spoke what they heard from our Father, which is exactly the same as what Yeshua told us in John 12, verse 49 to 50. 
And he says, for I have not spoken of myself. Can, we, can you listen what Yeshua is saying? He says, I have not spoken of myself. But the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And, and do you see what he's busy telling us here? He's saying to us that I have not spoken anything that our Father did not tell me to speak. I am speaking the word of God. And verse 50, he says, and I know that his commandment is life, everlasting. And that word everlasting also means eternal. So we can say, and I know that his commandment is life everlasting, life eternal. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. And this reflects what we've just read in Psalm 107 when it said, he sent his word. And this is the word speaking. Yeshua is the living word of our Father. And the living word of our Father is saying, I only speak what the Father tells me to speak. You see, there is no leeway for our own personal interpretation or our own personal opinions in the word of God. And the truths which the prophets and the writers of the Bible wrote and spoke did not originate from themselves. It was not their own suggestions. It was not their own inventions. It was not their own opinions. It came from our Father, and it was imparted by His Holy Spirit unto these people. And it does not matter what your opinion or interpretation is. What matters is the truth that is revealed by the Word through the revelation of the Holy Spirit to each one of us. It is so important that we understand this clearly. The Bible was given to man by our Father through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And therefore, Paul wrote, and he writes this in Romans 7, verse 12 to 14. He says, wherefore, listen more carefully, wherefore the law is holy. And the law that he's talking about here is the law of Abba Father. It is what we refer to as the Torah. It is what is written in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That is called the law of Abba Father, the law of God. And he says, therefore, the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. You know, we, we sometimes, you speak to people about the Bible, and you sp speak to people about the Old Testament, and specifically about the first five books of the Bible, which is referred to as, in Hebrew as the Torah, Abba Father's instructions, or as we know it, Abba Father's law. The word is actually not law, it is instructions. And then when we speak to people about it, you know, people will look at you and they will say to you, oh, no, that's, that's, that's not relevant anymore. You know, that's in the Old Testament. We don't have to worry about what God said in the Old Testament. Well, that's wrong. Because God gave us His Word and He said His Word is everlasting. Yeshua came and He said He did not come to replace the law of God. He came to fulfill it. He came to make it full. He came to show us how to live the word or the Torah or the instructions of Abba Father. And that is exactly what Paul is saying here when he says the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. And then he explains in verse 13, he says, Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. And what is he saying here? He says the good, what he's talking about here, he says the good is the law. And he says the, the good 
the law did not cause death because the law of a father's word is life. And we can read that in John 6 verse 63 and Psalm 119 verse 15 where the word tells us that your word is life. Then he says, he says, but sin, listen carefully, but sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me. What works death in him? Sin is working death in him. By that which is good, that sin, by the commandment, might become exceeding sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual. And this is so important because this word, word spiritual is the word pneumaticos. And this word pneumaticos, it says, it belongs to the Spirit. It is of the Spirit. It is filled with the Spirit. So, so if I read that verse again, verse 13, uh, 14, with that in mind, it says, For we know that the law is spiritual. We know that the law belongs to the Spirit. We know that the law is of the Spirit. And we know that the law is filled with the Spirit. But I, and there he's referring to himself again. He says, But I am carnal, sold under sin. What Paul is trying to say here is that the problem is not the law of God. Because the law of God is good and pure and just and holy. He says the problem is within himself and in his sinful tendencies. The only thing that the law did was to reveal to him what sin was and how destructive that sin was in his life. The law of our fathers often applied to our conscience so that we can identify and so that we can understand how desperate and how corrupt we actually are. We cannot understand our hearts until the law reveals it to us. And that is why David prayed when he prayed to our Father in Psalm 139, in verse 23 and 24, he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And you know this section that he says, and, and see if there be any wicked way in me. The Septuagint, uh, for those of you who don't know what the Septuagint is, the Septuagint is the, is the, the Old Testament translated into, into Greek, which happened about 400 years before, before Yeshua came. So it was already in the Old Testament, the Septuagint already existed. And, and what they did in the Septuagint when they translated this, this verse um, where it says, and see if there be any wicked way in me, that word wicked, they refer to that the way of iniquity or the way of sin. So what he's saying, and see if there be any way of iniquity or any way of sin in me and lead me in the way everlasting. David, David was concerned that he would not be able to identify the sin and the iniquity in his heart unless Abba Father revealed it to him. And that is what he's saying. He says, Lord, I, I'm not sure that I can see the sin and the iniquity in my heart. Will you please come and reveal it to me through your word? And how does Abba Father reveal that to you and I today? Exactly what Paul said, through his law. So what makes the Word of God powerless? And I've already discussed two of them. And the first one is opinion. 
So my opinion makes the Word of God powerless. And the second one is interpretation. My interpretation of the Word, if it is not according to the Word of our Father, will make the Word of God powerless within me. And then there are two more. And the next two are tradition and unbelief. Tradition and unbelief. And now when Yeshua was speaking to the Pharisees and he told them that they make the word of God powerless through their traditions, we see this in Mark 7 verse 13. He says, making the word of God of none effect. And that word of none effect is the word akuru in, uh, in Greek. And it means deprive of force and authority. In other words, making it powerless. He says, making the word of God powerless through your traditions which you have delivered and many such things like, uh, uh, many such like things do you. In other words, he says, you are following traditions, you are following your own opinions, you are following your own interpretations, and therefore through your traditions you are making the word of God powerless in your lives. And these traditions refer to every doctrine, every teaching and belief system that is not instructed by the word of Abba Father. It is the things that we make up. It is the things like Christmas, like I said last week. And as believers, we are so keen to add all sorts of nice little rituals into our faith. You know, we see somebody else do something that looks, oh, that looks very nice. Let's do that as well. Oh, I, I see that group of people does something. It looks so nice. Let us do it as well. And we are starting to bring things into, the, into our congregations that are not from God, that is not from the Bible. But it looks so nice. It looks so right. And you know, these things that we bring into our faith are things that our Father actually don't want or actually don't care for. But we are not worried about Abba Father. We are not worried about Abba Father's heart. We are not worried about how Abba Father feels. It is only if it is right to us, we'll do it because that is our opinion. And you are not going to deviate or I'm not going to deviate from my opinion. The second condition I had mentioned is unbelief. And do we absolutely believe in the truth of Abba Father's word and in his supernatural power? Or are we misled by our unbelief? And remember when Yeshua went to Nazareth, to his hometown, what happened there? The people in his hometown were misled by their unbelief. And the word says to us that he was, not, he was unable to do many miracles because of their unbelief. And we see this in Mark 6, verse 5 to 6. He said, and he, and he that is Yeshua, and he could there do no mighty work. Some of, the, some of the translation says he could do no miracles, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. So there were a few that were healed, but only a few of them. The majority of the people were misled by their unbelief. They didn't believe in him. And verse 6 says, And he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went round about the villages teaching. You see, Yeshua's power wasn't limited. They, the people, could not see nor recognize nor accept his power. 
And the problem was not with Yeshua. The problem was with, with the sinful nature of the people and their unwillingness to identify Him as the true and the powerful and the living Word of our Father, the true Messiah. Because what did they say? Oh, He's just the carpenter's son. How can He be the carpenter's son? How could He be the Messiah? It is exactly the same thing that people said about David when our Father took him from the field where he was watching over the sheep. How could he be the king of Israel? He is only the shepherd boy. You see, we could be so easily misled by our unbelief. Remember what Paul said in 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 to 17. He said, all Scripture. And please remember that when he says all Scripture, there was not a New Testament yet. Does this include the New Testament? Absolutely, it includes the New Testament. But what Paul is referring to here as he is writing this, he is referring to what we call the Old Testament. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. If you want the divine truths that are contained in the Bible to really be able to change and transform you, then you will have to believe that the entire Bible comes directly to us from our Father through His Holy Spirit. If you don't, then the Bible will have little or no transforming effect or power on, your, on you and in your life. Only the true word of our Father has any power. And he opposes people who simply quote each other and attribute it to him. You know, it's, a, it's those cases when we say certain things and we, and we feel we want to say something to somebody and we go and we say, and the Lord said. The Lord said. And sometimes the Lord didn't even say. You just wanted to say something to somebody and now you add in and the Lord said. I find that when people do certain things and they come to you and they ask for your opinion and then the first thing that they say to you is, you know, God told me I need to do this. What do you think? Well, when they say that to me, I don't think anything. Because if you say that the Lord said to you, I cannot have an opinion. Because if my father said it, then it said. Why do you ask for my opinion when you are saying that God said or the Lord said? And this, these are the things that we've got to guard against in just saying the Lord said when he didn't say. Because Abba Father is doing the same thing here. Abba Father warns us through his prophet, Jeremiah. And he says this in Jeremiah 23, verse 29 to 32. He says, Is not my word like a fire, says Yahweh, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? And what he's describing here, he is describing the power of his word. Verse 30, he says, Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, says Yahweh, that steal my words, everyone from his neighbor. Now, this is quite interesting. He says, they steal my words, everyone from his neighbor. What does that really mean? He says, they go around and they hear something that somebody says, and they use what that person has said to say that God said it. Verse 31, he says, behold, I am against the prophets says Yahweh, that use their tongues and, says, and say, he says. 
And this is what we need to understand. Our Father says He is against everybody that walks around saying that God said when He didn't say. Verse 32, Behold, I am against uh, them that prophesy false dreams, says Yahweh. And do tell them and cause my people to err by their lies and by their lightness. And this word lightness, if you go and look at the Hebrew, it actually means by their recklessness, by their extravagance, by their frivolity. He says, yet I send them not, nor commanded them. Therefore, they shall not profit this people at all, says Yahweh. And what he's saying here, they will not profit these people at all. He's saying, these people are hurting the people by seducing them from the ways and the worship of Abba Father and are leading them to destruction through the words that they are speaking, saying that Abba Father has said it when he didn't say it. See, Abba Father is warning us not to teach or not to preach anything that is not supported by His Word. I cannot stand here and tell you something that is not supported by the Bible. And only knowledge which is based on God's Word will produce a genuine experience of Abba Father and of His power within us. And the reason for this is that the power of God is revealed and experienced in His Word. That is where we experience it. That is where we read about it. That is where we see how mighty Abba Father really is. That is where we learn about His character. That is where we learn about His love and His caring and His salvation for you and I. To know His Word is to know and experience His power. And unless we focus on the power of His Word, we will make the Word of God powerless in our lives. And if the Word of God is powerless in our lives, we will actually miss His true power, His true authority that He has given us. The Word of God through the Holy Spirit has the power to reveal and to teach everything to us that is written in the Word. And listen carefully, who teaches us? The Holy Spirit teaches us. John 14, 26 says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, this is Yeshua speaking, but he says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. And remember what his name is. We need to go and look at Revelation 19, verse 13, and it says, and his name is the Word of God. So when he says that he will whom the Father will send in my name, he says, whom the Father will send according to his word. He says, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. And that is the key to this whole verse. Listen to what Yeshua says. He says, and he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Here's the key. Whatsoever I have said unto you unto you. And the living word of Abba Father is saying to us, I have not said anything to you that I have not heard from Abba Father. He was only speaking the truth of the word of God. And it is only through the Holy Spirit that the truth and the power of the word can be revealed to you and I. Remember what we read in 2 Timothy 3 verse 16, what, what the, the scriptures is actually there for and what, why we have the scriptures. You know, there, there is power in the Word of God. 
And I want to reveal some of this power to you. I want to explain to you what some of this power is. The Word has the power to teach us the doctrine of the gospel of Yeshua. It is all done through the Holy Spirit or by the Holy Spirit, but these, this is what He uses. He uses the Word of our Father. The Word of God has the power to convict us of sin and also of the truth of the Word. It has the power to restore us to a state of honor and honesty. It has the power to instruct us in righteousness. How do we know how to live a righteous life if we don't have the Word of God? How would we know what righteousness is if we don't have the Word of God? And this is a state in which we are approved of our Father so that our bodies can be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. The one thing that the Word cannot do is the Word cannot eliminate immorality. But it is the standard by which we judge and prove if something or someone is moral or immoral, worthy or unworthy. It will point it out to us. That is exactly what Paul said earlier in Romans 7. In 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 21, Paul says this. He says, prove all things. Hold fast that, that which is good. And this word proof is the Greek word dokimatsu. And it means test, examine, scrutinize. It is to see if, if something is genuine and true according to the word of our Father. And this word dokimatsu is normally applied to metals like silver or gold or any other metal. And what they do uh, when they use this word dokimatsu is when they scrutinize or examine the metal, it is to see the true value of the metal. So what they do is when the true metal of the value is tested, they use this word dokimatsu. And therefore, we must test the true value of everything against the only guide that you and I were given. And that guide that we were given is the Word of God, is the Bible. The Word also has the power to sanctify it is the Word and the Spirit working together in a believer's life that will allow God to start working in full force in your life so that He can change you into the kind of person He really wants you to become. And Yeshua says in John 17 verse 17, He says, sanctify, and that word sanctify means purify and cleanse. So sanctify them through your truth. Your Word is truth. So He says, sanctify them through your Word. Sanctification is when you become more like God and less attached to the world. It happens when you develop the, the authority over evil thoughts. When you develop the authority and the power over evil passions and impure desires. And through this you will become more and more weaned from earthly objects and more attached to those things which are unseen and which are eternal, the things of our Father. And sanctification is the process of living the Word and experiencing the power thereof. And that is why Paul emphasized this in Ephesians 5, verse 26 to 27. He says that he, and that is Yeshua he's referring to, that he, that Yeshua, might sanctify and cleanse it, and the it is the congregation, the church, you and I, with the washing of the water by the Word. 
listen carefully, with the washing of the water by the Word. So we can be washed by the Word, we can be cleansed by the Word, we can be sanctified by the Word of God. Verse 27, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. And the interesting thing, this word church, in the Greek it's actually the word ecclesia, and the word ecclesia means the assembly or the congregation. We, we have become to see the church as an organization or as a building. It is not an organization. It is not a building. The church is the ecclesia. The church is the assembly. The church is the congregation. You and I are the church. And then the word has the power to save your soul. And James 1 verse 21 says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Now that word, that uh, section there, superfluity of naughtiness, means the excess of evil. So wherefore lay apart all filthiness and excess of evil, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. And what James is saying is that we need to open our minds and our hearts to the instructions of the Word and to the appropriate influence of truth that comes through the Word of Abba Father. Meekness and gentleness are required in receiving the instructions of Abba Father in obtaining the knowledge and the understanding of His Word. And this implanted Word, engraved Word that He's talking about is the law that is written in our hearts and our minds so that we can live in the truth and the power of our Father's Word. I want to conclude with this last scripture from the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 4 verse 12. It says, For the Word of God is quick. And this word quick is the word tzau. And this word tzau means to live and to breathe and to have true life. That is what quick means, is to live, to breathe, to have true life. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder. When he says dividing asunder, dividing it into two parts. He says of what? Of soul and spirit. So he says to us that what his word is doing, he says it brings Division between our soul and, in, and, our, and our spirit. Our spirit is the character that God created you to be. Our soul is our will, intellect, emotions, thoughts, and our desires. And he says he brings division between the two. And of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. See, our Father's word is living and active to produce change in your life. And Abba Father said to us in, in uh, Isaiah 55 verse 11 that His Word will go forth and it shall not return void because His Word will accomplish what He intended. And what is so amazing to me is when I read that Scripture and I think about it a little bit differently is exactly what Yeshua did. He sent His Word. Abba Father sent His Word. He sent Yeshua. And when He says, that His Word will go forth from His mouth. He sent His Son. He sent His Son to the earth. And it says, it shall not return void. And what Yeshua did here on earth is to bring salvation to every single person. You see, His Word came to the earth and it did not return to Him void. Isn't that amazing? Because He came 
to accomplish what our Father intended. And that same word can be active in you and it can be active in me to create positive change within our lives. All we have to do to see the power of our Father's word is to look around us. And when we look around us, we will be able to see the power of His Word in His creation. The Word of God is so precise, so sharp, so effective, that it is able to divide those things that appear almost indivisible. The Word of God is able to discern what is in the deepest part of our being and to distinguish all our thoughts and motives and intentions. The Word of God is able to judge and to discern all the hidden areas of our heart in ways that we often don't even distinguish ourselves. And that is the reason why David said, Search me, O God. Search me. John Piper wrote the following. He said, God means what He says. What He says goes. His powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. It is so important what he says here. He says we need to listen and we need to obey. Nothing and no one is impervious to God's word. We can't get away from it no matter what. Some people think that if I don't believe, it will have no effect on me. And that is why a lot of people say, you know, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in what the Bible says. It doesn't mean that it does not apply to you. It will still apply to you even though you do not believe it. I can say that I don't believe in His Word. I can say that I don't believe in His power. I can say that I don't believe in His sanctification. but it still has an effect on me. His word still has an effect on me. It is like gravity. You and I can say that we don't believe in gravity, but if I jump off the roof, I will still hit the ground with a force. I don't have to believe in it. It will still have an effect on me. It is exactly the same thing with the word of Abba Father. The word of God exposes all that is in our hearts And we stand before God without any excuse or anything to hide behind. And that is the power of His Word. So you and I have a very important choice. We have a very important decision to make. And as I said in the beginning, the Word of God is powerful and it is living. And the choice that we have to make is when do we want the Word of God to be applied to us? When do you want the Word of God to be applied to you? Now or later? Whatever you choose, the Word will be applied to your life. Either now, so that we can be saved and sanctified and and we can live a holy life so that you can live in our Father's authority while you are here on earth or later when you will stand in front of His throne of judgment. You see, it is not enough to just read the Word. We have to respond to His Word in obedience. And if we are not obedient to the Word, we will not be doers of the Word and we will therefore deceive ourselves in making the Word powerless in our lives. 
regardless of what you think, regardless of what you believe, one day you are going to stand before the throne of judgment. And the question is going to be, what did you do with my word? And therefore, let us not be deceived. Let us not be in a position where we make the word of Abba Father powerless in our lives. Let the power of the word live within you as a true witness to the love, the grace, and the salvation of Abba Father so that you can be a witness to others. So that they can also see the power of the word of God. Amen. Abba Father, this morning I want to ask you that you will teach us your word. That your Holy Spirit will come and teach us the power of your word. That we will be able to start living in your word. Living in the power of your word. Lord, that we will be like a David and say, Abba Father, search me. Search me, Lord. Search my heart. Show us where we need to change. Show us your way. Show us how to live in your power and in your authority. Father, I thank you for the beginning of, of this secular new year that we find ourselves in. And I ask you, Abba Father, that you will be with all of us. Lord, that you will protect your children through this year. We thank you, Abba Father, that you protected us in 2020. We, are, we thank you, Lord, that, that through all the turmoil and the chaos that existed within 2020, you were always with us, and we thank you in the mighty name of Yeshua for that. And I ask, Abba Father, that you will be with us in 2021. And according to Zechariah 2 verse 5, I ask you, Abba Father, that you will protect us, that you will place a wall of fire around us, and your word says that your glory is within that wall of fire. And may your glory be within that wall of fire that you place around us to guide us and to protect us. And we ask this in the mighty name of Yeshua, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
Search me and know my heart, Lord. Help me that I can obey. That I may rejoice in your love. Surrender to all your mercy and grace. God, speak to my heart, Yeshua. Teach me with your gentle voice. in your love surrender to all your mercy and grace God speak to my heart Yeshua teach me with your gentle 